Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of Pod Slamma Jamma. What a night for the University of Houston men's basketball team. Two first-round draft picks and, of course, their first lottery pick since 1984 when Hakeem Olajuwon went to the Houston Rockets several decades ago. Of course, tonight is about Jairus Walker, and it is about Marcus Sasser, who was selected in the first round, respectively, by the Indiana Pacers and Marcus Sasser will eventually be playing for the Detroit Pistons. Both are involved with some very interesting trades. We'll get into it right after the intro. The Washington Wizards select Jairus Walker from the University of Houston. This Grizzlies select Marcus Sasser from the University of Houston. So, as always, joining me, Dayon Dunlap. How you doing, sir? I'm just. Hey, I'm doing well, man. Glad to be joining you. It feels like it's been a while. It definitely, most definitely has. It's been uh, a Thursday night on draft night. It's been, it's, it's a lot that's been happening over the past month, really. But let's stay in the present, let's stay in the now. And right now, like I said, at the end, the cold open, it's about Jarris Walker and Marcus Sasser for the men's basketball team here at the University of Houston, who were both taking in the first round. Of course, we have to start with Jarris Walker, who, like I said, again, at the beginning of the show, is the first lottery pick for the Houston Cougars since Hakeem Olajuwon. Back in 1994, he was he he was told about it during the ESPN broadcast, and you know you just saw the the joy in his in his face and his eyes kind of lit up to to be able to have that cool fact. But of course, no surprise. I think what what was the surprise is how Indiana and Washington had that weird trade swap. So technically, it was a number eight overall pick, but he still ended up going to Indiana, who originally had the number seventh pick. But long story short, he's going to be an Indiana Pacer. He's going to be playing for Rick Carlisle, who, interestingly enough, it seems like he has a history with taking former UH players, of course, back in the 2021 draft. Or it might have been the, it was the 2020 draft when they signed Nate Hinton as an undrafted free agent back when Rick Carlisle was still with the Dallas Mavericks. But, Dayon, I'll toss it over to you. What do you think about Jarris Walker going to the Indiana Pacers and going number eight overall? Not surprised. I think I knew he was a top 10 pick. Heard a lot of buzz about him in that workout with Indiana. They actually posted video of it. And so I kind of feel like that was a, a highly destination um, for um, Jarrett Walker. And I think it's a good fit. I think it's a good fit. I think um, he's a player who has a similar skill set to Aaron Gordon, a recent champion for the Denver Nuggets, like six, 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 seven, can defend the fours and fives and, and, and even uh, defend the wing as well. And so we know what his skill set, what he brings to the table, can shoot the three ball, can play make as well. I think it's a good fit for him. He can play alongside Miles Turner if he remains there and grow with the with the guards they have there. They have a really good point guard. Matherin was drafted there last year, had a good rookie year. And so I think Indiana is building something. Most definitely, Benedict Matherin, who, of course, Houston got an up-close personal look a couple of years ago in the NCAA tournament. But looking at Indiana's roster, I think Jerris Walker most definitely fills, maybe not right away out the gates, but he's definitely an area of need for that Pacers team when it comes to their depth at forward. And the, the interesting part about Walker is how versatile he is because on any given night, he can play the three, he can play the four, 
and he can even occasionally would even be able to be inserted as a five if they choose to go with the small ball lineup. So he's going to add a lot of versatility to the Indiana Pacers roster. And again, at a position that you look at the forwards that they have currently at the roster, just looking at the power forwards, they have two in James Johnson and Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith was the starter for Indiana, a good portion of their season, but that's a role where eventually you can see kind of Walker grow in. And again, to be able to coach or to be coach under Rick Carlisle is going to be a, I feel like it could definitely be a, uh, more seamless transition just in terms of where he's coming from at Houston under Kelvin Sampson. I said, I think it really does feel a need for the Pacers and more specifically what Jairus Walker said about himself when he spoke to the NBA media, not shortly thereafter he was drafted. He said he's a hard worker. He's a versatile defender, just a versatile all around player. He added, and he feels like there's a lot of things he can bring to the basketball court that the Pacers are going to get to see up close once he eventually joins the facility and starts practicing for them. For sure. And one thing, especially in the NBA game, translates well is his ability to guard multiple positions, his versatility on the defensive end, especially because of uh, their primarily pick-and-roll coverage. And often a lot of teams switch, so you have to be able to guard guards as a big player. And I think he can do that. I think he gives them versatility to be able to play some five as well. Then we just look at the playmaking guards that they have with Tyrese Hollenburton, who is a uh, all-star caliber point guard who is averaging 10 plus assists a game as a pass first point guard then along with the firepower with uh, Matt Lorenz along with um, Duarte, Duarte who they drafted a couple of years ago who can really shoot the basketball so they have a lot of young talent but I definitely think it fits the need with their four I think he can really potentially get a lot of minutes and potentially make an all-rookie team if, if he really produces like he can because I think he's going to get a ton of opportunities to really showcase what he can do. For sure. And the biggest thing with Jerry Walker, there's so, so much room for growth. You know, I mean, we just even saw here in his one season with Houston, he was in a position really where he wasn't relied on to be the best player uh, for most of the season. I know he had his stretches. I think you could, there was a couple of games where you can pump on, you can, you can see that he was clearly the best player on the court for that night. The one that comes to mind is against Cincinnati, which I think he was, he was battling some sort of illness when they played him on the road in Cincinnati at Virginia. It seemed like he was able to showcase a lot of his big games on the road, which, again, he showed flashes. But the thing for him is, again, continuing to grow and be more consistent. And something that head coach Calvin Sampson has said multiple times throughout the whole draft process whenever he would go on interviews is that for him, I mean, the ceiling, I'm curious to get your thoughts, what uh, the floor would be for Josh Walker. For the floor for me, I, I think he'd be confident where you could say he's going to be about a double-digit scorer. We know that what he's going to be able to um, go after the ball and be able to rebound in something that Kelvin Sampson said today, tonight. Uh, he told Sports Radio 610 locally here in Houston is that he feels the biggest thing that Walker improved on throughout his whole time with Houston was his toughness, where from the beginning of the season to the end, that's really where he was able to grow in that area. And, of course, that's something that Houston emphasizes with their program. 
And that's one of the his answers that he talked about. He didn't say toughness, but he said that he can bring playing hard, which is part of having a toughness um, to the NBA and to the Pacers. And I think that's something he learned and that's something he will be able to bring to the Pacers because 82 games is a long season stretch. So one thing that Coach Sampson preaches is playing hard game in and game out. I think he'd be able to take that mentality and transfer, transfer it into the NBA and, and really give maximum effort uh, as best as he can on, on every single night. And I think his versatility will, will play a huge key on, on the offensive end and he'd be able to play tough. And there are some games where he will be able to dominate. And then I think it's about just stacking those um, consistent, great games together to really maximize your potential. So I think his floor is becoming a consistent double-digit score, but I think his ceiling is becoming a potential all-NBA player, a perennial, perennial all-star in the NBA because he has that ton of talent. I think he could do some playmaking in the full court, getting off the glass, starting the break, and making plays like that as well. So I think the sky's the limit for him. He can really, really have a bright NBA career. Agree, and of course, best of luck to him as he begins his NBA journey. Uh, quickly to, not to segue, but kind of have a brief pause. Thank you for everyone that's joining us live here on the Pod Slam Jamma YouTube channel. If you are new to the channel, we encourage you to subscribe to the channel. It's right down the little red button that's right below the screen. It'll really help us out. And last time I checked, we were 14, just 14 subs from hitting at that 1,000 subscribe milestone which of course we are just nine days out until not even nine days out. yeah uh, roughly 10 days next saturday is when the houston cougars will officially become members of the big 12 so exciting times ahead for the university of course again just microcosm at today thursday june 22nd when it comes to the houston cougars men's basketball team how big it was for that program in the nba draft course we just talked about walker the other first round draft pick that they had was in marcus sasser who for him just we we know the story but of course what he was had to battle through just the last couple of seasons of course seemed like he was all his on his way to have a for definitely an all-conference season with uh, the Cougars in 21-22. Of course, he suffered that foot injury that sidelined him from the end of December for the rest of that season. He was able to come back, bounce, and bounce back and lead UH to that Sweet 16 run. And for him to be able to kind of double down and bet on, bet on himself and prove that he, he was going to be a first-round draft pick, and kudos to him because he ended up, that hard work ended up paying off, and he was taking number 25 overall. And, of course, with the NBA, it always seems to be complicated <laughs> with the different trade scenarios and the different stuff that ends up happening. But uh, long story short, it believes, it seems like he will be heading, or it doesn't seem like he will be headed to the Detroit Pistons, and he will be playing for uh, the Pistons, who are under new head coach in Monty Williams. What do you think about that fit and going into a, a very interesting situation with Detroit? I think it's a really good fit, especially going in with a head coach like Monty Williams, who's been given, um, I believe, a six-year contract, one of the highest-paid highest coach in the yeah. NBA. So you know he's going to be there for a while, give you time to grow with that. Not only that, they have a young core of guards, who they're growing with as well. And so I think he can really, really carve out a, a role uh, coming off the bench 
and really make his mark, especially on the defensive end, playing with high level energy, guarding the ball, um, like we saw him do really well against Houston. But not only that, but offensively. We know what he could do offensively. And I think he would really, really be able to showcase like Jarris. Because one thing I didn't mention with Jarris is I was thinking is that he really um his offensive game will expand and highlight even more, just like Marcus, because the floor is more spread in, in the NBA game. There's defensive three seconds, there's no just crowding in the paint, so you have more room, and plus you have the floor space with plenty of shooters. So I think Marcus fell to a great spot. He'd be able to go with a team not only is growing, just like Indiana with Jairus, he'd be able to get a lot of minutes and learn on the floor instead of kind of playing for uh, an instant contender and where they immediately are playing for valuable minutes. And so I think it's a great spot for Marcus. Most definitely. Um I'm trying to make sure that I didn't get muted there. I'm I'm going to try and add, and we might potentially be able to hear from Marcus Sasser. As many questions as we can. Uh, Josh, first of all, we'll start with you. In progress. Hey, Marcus, congratulations. Um, just kind of, you know, your initial, this whole process of, I feel like every single one of them was just, you know, a big part in everything and kind of was the reason I got here. But um, it was just, you know, a great feeling just to hear your name called. But, you know, it's like a dream come true, you know. I dreamed about this when I was a little kid and, you know, the fact that it's really happening and uh, just hearing my name called, it was a great feeling. Hey, Marcus, congratulations. Hey, did you were you able to follow what was going on or and stuff later? But I already knew it initially. You've always told us since you've been here about the journey that you've had. At one point, I think you were number three ninety nine in your signing class. Being number twenty five in the NBA draft, what does that say about where you've come from to where you are tonight? Um, just the men above, and you know, hard work. You know, that just shows you how. How hard work can really, you know, improve your game and just staying, staying, staying in the gym all day, um, being real dedicated. I had technical difficulties for a second. Let's try to bring it back up. Hold on. I think that's something I'm going to continue to do at the next level also. So just um, being consistent, just being in the gym 24-7, you know, that kind of just what it shows. I'm not sure if you guys can listen to that, so I'm going to try to do double duty. Dayon, you asked a question about his uh, really fit with the core of the Detroit Pistons. Uh, what did I tell you about that answer? I think just his vision and knowing how they can grow together and know how in a couple of years um, as they get more NBA experience, not only together, just on the floor, and, and learn how to win and, and get a good culture. And of course, Monty Williams, I think they can do something. Like you said, it's, it's being with a new team and kind of rebuilding what he um, built and helped build at Houston, as I should say. Definitely. And trying to, it seems like he's about to head out to see if he adds uh, one more comment. Doesn't look like there are any questions. All right, so let's try to get it. Obviously, technical difficulties. This is live, but of course, for really what 
very well could be one of the final times that we hear from Marcus Sasser in the Houston area, at least from the Houston Cougars' perspective as he goes on to his future endeavors and, and obviously being able to be a part of the Detroit Pistons. Now, with what I was going to say before, we went to his Zoom and really his availability as he spoke to a local media here in the Houston area was the roster construction or just the roster outlook of the Detroit Pistons and really how... Um, guards, I don't want to say they're top-heavy with guards, but they have a lot of plethora, a lot of talent at that guard position. Obviously, when you think about their top pick a couple of years ago and Cade Cunningham, who missed all of last season or most of last season with an injury, of course, they picked up Jaden Ivey, who had a relatively impressive rookie season. And, of course, you look top to bottom. They got, they got they Hampton. They got guys like Killen Hayes. For him, at the NBA level, Obviously, we know he can shoot. He brings the ability to be a high-level defender, which is going to be able to translate um, to the NBA. One of the things that were kind of, you know, when it comes to detractors for Sasser came to his size. I think we saw it in Houston where he was kind of able to mitigate that, something that head coach Kelvin Sampson said multiple times throughout the season, even leading up to the draft when he would do interviews about Sasser is he makes up for that again, not to sound cliche, but the biggest word that Houston emphasizes with the, the toughness and just the effort plays that he brings to the table at the NBA level. That's going to be, very, very much different because, of course, top to bottom, night in and night out, everyone's a freak of nature. But how do you think you see him long-term being able to translate into the NBA? I think I see it being a seamless transition. I, I see um, a few players that come to mind who I see with his skill set, his height, his stature, um, that contribute. And so I, I think you can't measure – the size of him, you just have to measure his heart and his ability and what he is able to do. And I think one thing that he can do really well now is shoot the basketball from three. I think that's something mm-hmm. he will shoot and can shoot probably over 40 percent. And he'll get a lot of open shots to where he won't have to create as much as he did in college. And he can really um, play off ball, but also play on ball and show that he can create that. He's shown throughout the season and got his uh, um made his stock rise and rose his stock. And so I think I see his career being well. I, I think his not only ability to defend and give maximum effort because a lot of players have talent and have um, ability to play, but they don't always give maximum effort and play hard, especially on the defensive end in the regular season. So certain players make their niche from giving maximum effort and playing hard and, and being winning players and being um, that type of player that any organization would like to have on a roster. And I think he has that. And I think, I mean, similar to Quinn, similar to players that come from Houston, you, you see that ability and for them to really, really compete on the defensive end, but give maximum effort. I think his offense would be the icing on the cake, especially when those starters, Kay Cunningham and Jaden Ivey really find themselves as a dynamic duo. Then you have all the bigs around him with James Wiseman, who's still a young player, who was the number number two overall, number one overall pick um, to go to state a couple years ago with um, Jaden Duran. They still have Isaiah Stewart. So they have a really, really good young core with a lot of athletic players. I think Mark is going to be one of those consistent players that they'll probably have coming off their bench more than likely. And they'll really, really love his toughness and what he can bring to the floor. 
definitely I think he's going to have uh, interesting opportunities, especially as the season goes on, obviously, with how long it is and injuries being a part of game to be able to not only carve himself a nice role, but who knows how he's able to build. And again, the consistency, the defensive end, we know he can shoot, but the different stuff that he brings to the table specifically. And of course, they're not the same players, but look at what Quentin Grimes was able to do uh, with the New York Knicks a couple of years ago. I mean, Obviously, he was a, actually the funny thing. They both ended up going number 25 overall in the first round in their respective drafts. Of course, similar situation and kind of interesting uh, with obviously how high levels of coach. Yeah, Williams, yeah, yeah. But, who, who was just playing for Sacramento. Yeah, David Mitchell. exactly. Sure. Exactly. From, Steady on defense, going to give maximum effort, guard you really hard, can make open shots, can create. Um, players like Fred Van Fleet. I see Devin Chinzo, who was at Golden State. A lot of not six two, six three players who give play really hard on defensive end, spread the floor, three and D players. I think Marcus can really carve out a space in the NBA and have a long career. Definitely. What I, what I was going to go back to the Grimes point uh, about Tom Thibodeau and how, again, kind of uh, similarities in that situation. But the Knicks had to trade. I think they had like the 21st pick in that draft and then they traded back yeah. uh, with the Clippers. And then they ended up taking Quentin Grimes, who went, like I said, number 25 overall. Similar situation tonight where Sasser goes number 25 overall. Uh, kind of uh, interesting coincidence that out of all the teams that could have taken them, it was the Memphis Grizzlies that it got announced. And, of course, Houston and Memphis, from that college standpoint, about that rivalry. But apparently the pick got traded to Boston, and then the pick is going from Boston to Detroit. So long story short, he's going to end up being a Detroit Piston. But that's a great example with Mitchell. And, of course, I mean, he was a – key rotational player for the Kings this past season who made their playoff run. And, I mean, he was pivotal at times being able to try to guard Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, and the Golden State Warriors in that first-round series. So, again, kind of a different blueprint for him to being able to follow in those two different players across the league. Kind of to wrap it all up, of course, like I said, I tweeted this out after uh, Sasser went number 25 overall. But overall, as a program, I want to bring up the comment I saw here earlier. Um, and it was by Joe Joe Mendez, who said, Coach Sampson at the draft. And, of course, assistant coach Quantus White was right there with him as well. But I'm going to read Joe Mendez's comment. Coach Sampson at the draft and on TV. You can't buy that kind of publicity for the Cougs and the university going into the Big 12. And I agree 100% because for both picks – when uh, Jarvis Walker got selected, he uh, hugging everyone in his family, and then Kelvin Sampson appears, and they're embracing for a big hug. They're all smiles. And then, again, uh, I, I don't believe that Marcus Sasser was at Barclays Center in New York for the draft. So the TV cameras on ESPN went from Adam Silver, and it cut to Kelvin Sampson and Qantas White celebrating on the big screen. And then after moments later, Walker went back with them and celebrated Sasser getting selected. That's big for the University of Houston men's basketball program. And like I mentioned, the university as a whole, it's about to make that jump to the Big 12. But again, just getting that na national spotlight and that national recognition of what they've been able to do the last few seasons. The last three years, they've had three players drafted in the first round. Quentin Grimes that we referenced two years ago and two in this round. And I think that's a trend that we can just can still we'll, – we'll continue to see is Houston having players drafted um, year in and year out.
And so I, I think it's a, not only a compliment to the coaching staff, but compliment to the culture that they've built and the head man, Coach Sampson. I think he deserves a lot of credit, not only for um, putting the staff together and coaching those players to get them, I'm sure, and helping prepare them to the coaches that they are, but then just uh, and identifying talent and being able to get the best out of them. And so he's done a great job with Houston, and the players have done a great job buying in and being able to develop and put in the work to for them to achieve their goals. And I think – um, the program is really at its peak, and I think it's going to continue to extend as Coach Sampson and his staff stays in place. Big Jack 512 says someone needs to teach Coach Q on the correct way to do I the hands. I, <laughs> I think he was just too excited. He might have gotten he might have gotten lost in the moment. But I see uh, underscore FEQWS as Terrence Arsenal next year with uh, an I emoji. I guess to wrap it up, if you would to pick someone from the roster that could be the next first round pick from this current roster, who would it be? And obviously, of course, we know that Jamal Shedd had his um, went through the draft process past season. I'm sure he got his feedback, so he knows what he's going to work on. And um, even I, I see his comment in Terrence Arsenal. He certainly seems to be a uh, really uh, blue chipper prospect and who potentially could be the next first round pick for Houston. Well, it's hard for me to say. It's hard for me to say. I think Terrence could be, but I don't. I think his role will be expanded next year, but I think he's going to be coming off the bench. He would play probably extended minutes, but I, I don't know. I think he's maybe a year or two away. I don't know if next. I don't know if he does come out next year. Maybe he does because his potential is so high. His ceiling is so high, and often NBA teams draft players on the potential. And so with his minutes being at increasing next year and his role increasing and I'm expecting for him to take another step like all Houston players do in, in year two of this system. I think Terrence probably is the smart pick and a safe pick. Most definitely, but that's pretty much going to do it for today's episode. We'd like to thank everybody that hopped on in during the live stream. Of course, a big night for the University of Houston men's basketball team. Of course, I'd like to reiterate just a big time for the University of Houston overall as a school as they're now 10 days Next Saturday, so nine days really, because we're coming down to close to midnight for when July 1st, the Houston Cougars will officially be a part of the Big 12 Conference. And of course, when it comes to the men's basketball team, they've already, for both football, men's basketball and women's basketball, for all three of those programs, they've already begun their summer workout, summer really practices as they look forward to 2023 and for basketball 24 seasons respectively so of course if you haven't done so already or you might just be joining please be sure to hit the subscribe button if you're watching on youtube or if you're listening to our audio only platforms be sure to give us a rating in whichever respective platform you may be listening to as always we'd like to say thank you for you guys for taking the time out of the day and apologies for the technical difficulties with the market sasser zoom like i said it is live things happen but dan i'll toss it over to you any final thoughts and where people can find you well appreciate everyone for joining us um, tonight it's a great day to be a cool guys also be sure to check out our merch we got our merch so be sure to check that out um it's good to see Andy as well and i can't wait big 12 is here at the time it's now two let's raise cooks as a cook fan and be proud and so uh good to see the houston players get drafted in the first round good to see coach sampson be able to support Jairus and be there in support of Marcus. And so it's always a good time to be a cool man. Go Cougs.
Most definitely, uh, Dayan, uh, you, you brought it up, so I have to, of course, I have to bring it up. We have our Let's Rage Cougs merch, so I'm going to not so shamelessly plug it. We have two new lines that debuted earlier in the month, and of course, like we mentioned, the big jump that these two Cougars are going to be making, the Disrupting the 12 line, which of course comes with a t-shirt. If Right now, the last thing that anyone would be thinking about is winter, but if anyone's interested in a long season, since it is summer, of course, we have the tank top. We have the new H-Town Let's Rage uh, line, which again, available as a t-shirt, tank top, and a long sleeve. And of course, our original merch with the Let's Rage uh, line, which, Dayan, I believe that's the one that you just showcased on the screen. Of course, again, not to, not to, right now, no one's thinking about winter, but right now, it's a good time to stock up on hoodies as we prepare for the uh, winter months that we wish would get here sooner. As always, thank you guys for joining us, and that's going to do it for today's episode. Dayan, as always, you get the last word. Go Cougs. <laughs>